Hello again, everybody. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb, and this is the Transporter Room, the intersection of sports, transness, sci-fi, gaming, all things nerd and geek, and a lot of other stuff. And you know, it seems that even though she competed more than a month ago and will graduate from the University of Pennsylvania next month and perhaps go to law school or perhaps train for the Paris Olympics or whatever she does next, Leah Thomas will be a campaign issue nationwide this year, and she'll definitely be one in Pennsylvania. Monday night, U.S. Senate Republican debate, and she was an entire question. I'm going to let you hear the answer from each of the candidates, starting with your favorite Trump-endorsed doc and mine, Dr. Mehmet Oz. Question has to do with transgender athletes competing in women's sports. Earlier this year, UPenn swimmer Leah Thomas won the 500 freestyle swim at the NCAA Women's Championships. Before transitioning, Leah competed with the UPenn men's team in 2019. There was outrage coming out of the victory of Leah Thomas by female swimmers who thought it was unfair. Would you vote in favor of legislation that would prevent trans women from competing in women's sports? Mr. Oz, 30 seconds. Yes. Biologic men don't let liberals control the language. Biologic men should not be playing women's sports. I feel so strongly about that, I actually put it in my ad. And I believe across the board, we're missing the point here. Leah Thomas went to my alma mater, Penn. Penn said nothing to protect those poor young women who got up at six in the morning, practiced their whole lives to protect their rights. The NCAA cowardly said nothing. It was the parents of these poor girls who love their daughters more than anything in the world who stood up and said, enough's enough, you're hurting our children. What happened to Title IX support All right. of female athletes? Thank you, Ms. Barnett. 30 seconds. Would you vote in favor of legislation that would ban trans women from competing in women's sports? 30 seconds. Absolutely. Biology matters. Biology is a reality. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it is, I find it to be unjust. I find it to be misogynist. You cannot, com you cannot compete and get all the benefits of being a man all your life and then suddenly decide one day you want to be a woman. I find it to be incredibly unjust. Not only do we need to have laws that protect those who find themselves outside of the norm of what society may consider the norm, but we also must look at legislation that protects Thank you. our young Mr. boys Bartos, and girls as same well. Same question, would you vote in favor of legislation that would prevent trans women from competing? The failure, what we're seeing happen at Penn is again, another example of the failure we see of woke CEOs, woke corporation, woke institutions. The NCAA failed those swimmers, period. The NCAA failed, the highly paid executives at the NCAA failed. We have fought for six decades to get our girls onto a level playing field for athletics and we want to undo it all because there's no courage from these leaders. I would support legislation to ban it, but it also, we can't keep looking to the government for that. This falls on the people who are highly right, paid thank to you, have Ms. the courage Sands, to take care of it. Your comments in favor of legislation that would prevent trans women from competing. I actually, yes, in a word, I actually wrote an op-ed opposing transgender athletes. Men cannot compete against women. It's not a level playing field. But I'm going to talk to the moms and grandmas for a second. I will protect your children's innocence in school. I will ban the indoctrination of children into critical race theory where they teach our children to hate each other and hate their country. I will work Thank you, Ms. at the federal level. 30 seconds. Absolutely, I would support that legislation. Biological males should not be able to compete with, with females. Overall, five candidates took part in the debate and each of them tried to show that they could out-transphobe the next person. Now, heading west to Missouri, House representatives there got a student-athlete ban to move forward by making it a poison pill in a bill designed to limit the capacity of school buses. 
Man, the things people do for transphobia. On Tuesday, the Kansas Senate voted to override Governor Laura Kelly's veto on their trans student athlete measure that's pending in that state. The House must also confirm the vote with a two-thirds majority to make the override stick. Now, from Kansas and straight from the transphobes are going to transphobe department. Prior to this vote, Kansas Republican State Representative Cheryl Helmer, she's a Republican from Mulvane, that's outside of Wichita, had something rather unflattering to say about another representative from Wichita. We're talking about Representative Stephanie Byers, our good friend in the Sunflower State, and the first transgender Kansan to sit in their legislature. Now, Helmer got an email from a student at the University of Kansas criticizing her views on the trans student athlete bill, and Helmer's response later quoted by the Wichita Eagle read like this, quote, personally, I do not appreciate the huge transgender female who is now in our restrooms in the Capitol. It is quite uncomforting. I have asked the men if they would like a woman in their restroom, and they freaked out. Now, it's pretty obvious from anyone from Overland Park to Goodland and all points in between that Helmer went after Byers and went after her in this fashion. Now, House Speaker Ron Reichman, also a Republican, said the email was, quote, unfortunate. No, Mr. Representative. Unfortunate is being five cents off of the prices right wheel spin. <laughs> This is an unfortunate, sir. This is Brooks Sumner vibes here. Now, if you don't know the reference, I'm putting it in the liner notes. In my mind, this is an example of the verbal violence that many feel is okay when discussing trans people. Representative Byers talked about this level of violence toward trans people in a committee meeting a couple of months ago. What is it like to be a transgender woman or girl in today's environment? You receive messages like this, and I quote, stop appropriating and making a mockery of womanhood, you fat, useless fuck, end quote. As an elected, I expect this, but for a kid, how detrimental is something like this to their mental health? Bullying takes its toll. Bullying is considered such because the behavior is aggressive and it has to include two components an imbalance of power, either real or perceived, and repetition, either actually taking place or a possibility of it. We see an imbalance of power with this, and we see repetition because this bill came up from last year. So, there's no new argument for this. This bill is based on the idea of fear and the fact that they believe that trans girls are not real girls. Now, knowing the good representative from Wichita, Stephanie Byers will dispatch this with a high level of decorum and honor. But every good Kansan should read the representative from Mulvane to filth. And at the very least, she should be censored by the House and by her party. But you know and I know she's not. Now on the good foot, good God, this is a big week because after racing around the world, Charlie Martin's in America. Your favorite endurance race driver and mine, trans pioneer, and badass in the cockpit and on the gaming rig, Charlie Martin is competing in the Super Trofeo North America this year in a stunning Lamborghini Huracan Evo 2 alongside awesome product CEO Jason Keats, who's a security tech guy by day, scrappy racer on the weekends. And round one this weekend, talk about your baptism by fire. 
Charlie Martin, welcome to American Racing at one of its cathedrals, WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Just a little hint, Charlie, the corkscrew. Be careful of it. If you're not careful, if you haven't studied it enough, it just might bite you. But if you tame it, you become a legend. In Outsports right now, check it out. I had a good article on Charlie Martin's Coming to America, how the deal came down, and how she's geeked about racing over here. Alex Reimer on the on NFL Draft prospect, Trey McBride, and his two moms. They say Trey could go late first round, early second round. Reimer also had a great article on Daniel McLean, journalist and member of Team Trans Hockey, talking about why hockey and why sports matters. And Jim Budzinski had a great story on a t on Italy's World Cup skier, Sofia Goja. And Goja, quite frankly, had something that just wasn't a very kind thing to say, nor a true thing to say. When asked about why there are no gay men ski racers, she said, quote, Among women, yes, not for men, I would say, because you have to throw yourself down the strafe in Kitzpool. What she's saying is gay men just don't have the heart for downhill skiing. They don't have the courage for it, apparently. Now, after she got called out for this, uh, Goja did the non-apology apology, saying, quote, A falling tree makes more noise than a growing forest. I'm sorry, and I apologize to all the people who felt offended by the sentence that came out, and I didn't want it to be discriminatory in nature. Hmm. Now, a certain... Ivan Scalfrato, the Deputy Minister of the Italian Ministry of the Interior and an LGBTQ rights activist, basically called her out, saying, quote, People did not feel offended. You offended them. It is not a question of our sensitivity. It's a question of what you said, which is discriminatory and conveys stereotypes and toxic machismo. Scalfrato also said, I read with dismay that according to Sofia Goja, a gay athlete would not be able to do it downhill. Before saying such things, kind Sofia, you should stop and think twice. Speed is an advantage in the race, but with words, it can become a big problem. <laughs> I give an amen to that, kind sir. Now, now, Sofia, regaza mia, dobbiano davvero parlare. Girl, we got to talk. First, let's talk about being gay in a country where fascist flash salutes at a number of matches in Serie A every week. And let's talk about the fact that even though Italy has passed civil unions in 2016, the rights are highly uneven in much of the country. Also, you know, anti-LGBTQ hate crimes have risen steadily in the last five years. You know, that kind of happens when you let fascists like Matteo Salvini sneak into your government. And oh, I noticed what you said about transgender athletes too. Quote, in terms of sport, a man who turns into a woman, really, Sophia, really, has physical characteristics, even at the hormonal level, which allow him to push harder. I don't think it's right then. End of quote. Oh, God. Sophia, regaza mia, the, the misgendering? Yeah, I'm sure... Our good friend Valentina Petrillo really liked hearing that. But then again, the Italian press still feels the need to misgender her in every story that they do about the great Paralympic champion sprinter. Now, back to the good side. Ken Schultz had an excellent article on Australian trampoline gymnast Dominic Clark. Now, 
You probably heard about Dominic Clark in these last Olympics. Now, this is a dude who meshes out sports, saying, wait a minute, you left me out of our list of out Olympic athletes. That's not cool. I want to be in that list. Now, this past week, he did a blind audition on The Voice Australia, and pretty safe to say he's moving on to the next round because this bloke be singing. And in the liar notes, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And that's the red alert klaxon. We have to take a break, give love to the sponsors. But when we come back, and speaking of Australia, that's the show's focus this week. You know, last week we talked about their general election and certain candidate who had some very anti-trans things to say. Well, a transport pioneer from down under has an answer to all that. That's coming up next. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm your host, Carly Chardonnay-Webb. And before we get to our guest this week, um, another of our continuing public service to all of our listeners and viewers in regards to where the next major sporting events are occurring in places that have passed some of the ridiculous anti-trans legislation that we've seen. Now, the next major event, May 7th, the Kentucky Derby, of course, Kentucky's legislature overriding a governor's veto against a trans student athlete bill. And then the following day, Don't Say Gay hosts Formula One, the Formula One Miami Grand Prix inaugural race. Just a note to all you fellows on the grid, um, um, Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton, Jean, um, Max Verstappen, yes, I'm talking to you. Y'all had all that rainbow energy going on in the Middle East. We could certainly use it here, especially in Florida. And of course, the May 14th, live from Turth Island, FA Cup Final, Chelsea-Liverpool, live from Wembley, in the, in the heart of Turf Island. Um, then, May 19th to 22nd, second major of the year in professional golf, PJ Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we know that there's still a pending veto or not that's happening in Indiana, but it pains me to put this particular event on the list because it's my favorite sporting event, but it's gonna be there until we hear something one way or the other, the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500, May 29th. With that in mind, our guest this week, and earlier we told you about the fact that transgender people playing a sport it's not a campaign issue in the United States, and it's also a campaign issue in Australia. We told you about this last week. There is a fierce election fight going on, May 21st general election in Australia, and Prime Minister Scott Morrison is in the middle of a dogfight. And he and his ruling Liberal Party, just a note to everybody, Australia politics lesson real quick. The Liberal Party in Australia is the Conservative Party. They're the right-wing people, just so you know. And Scott Morrison needs every seat in the ACT that he can get. And part of that was one of those places where he really needs a win is a place called Warringah. It's an affluent area just north of Sydney, 
And it was liberal territory in every Australian general election until the last general election when an independent candidate snuck through and won. So to get this seat back, because he may need it, Scott Morrison handpicked his guy, or in his case, his girl. Catherine Deves, a lawyer and an uber turf who's used terms like cheats and mutilation to describe transgender Australians. Very American. And some of this came to a head in the Australian media, in the papers, of some past podcast he was on with some other well-known turfs. Some of those turfs were very pro have been prominent in this campaign. And this came to a head just last week on an episode of a program called Insight, which is produced by Australia's special broadcast service. And there's a lot of opinions on that show. Here's a few of them. Uh, Caroline, what are your thoughts on the bill? I think it's a storm in a teacup. There's very few trans women, there's 1% of us population, there's so few of us playing sport. And as far as our participation goes, yes, it's not a black and white answer, like we can't play, yes we can. It should be a case by case basis. Um, obviously I think in general sport, community sport, everyone should be able to play. Elite sport, of course, there's got to be rules and guidelines. You can't transition one day and play the next. But um, I just don't think it's required. What are your thoughts on the Save Women's Sports Bill? Does women's sports need saving? I think clearly yes. Something needs to be done. There is a very clear difference between people born male and people born female. Now it's moving more and more towards you know, what's termed self-ID, where someone born male uh, can just self-identify as female. Is there a cost to inclusion? Well, of course, there's a cost to women and girls in sport. And, you know, that's, that's not OK. I know from my research that trans people have alarming rates of depression, anxiety. Over 70% or more have depression. They also face higher risks of heart attacks and strokes. And trans people need the physical and emotional benefits of exercise and sport. And at the moment, trans people fear going to the change room, going outside and participating and exercising. Trans identification is increasing, especially among the younger generations. So even if we might be seeing quite small numbers of people now, I don't think that would be a reasonable projection of the future. I don't think women should be asked to move over to make space for the kinds of concerns that Ada mentioned. I mean, they're really important concerns, but why is it always women that are being asked to give things up and make space? I think the danger, if we don't, is the threat to, or the threat to the integrity, for want of a better word, that we've already spoken around it, to the women's category. I don't think that there is um, as much of a threat to um, the community side of things, but certainly to the women's category. And I absolutely, in my heart of hearts, think that everyone should have a right to do sport. Everyone. I don't care what colour you are, what race you are, what, what biological sex you are, but I don't think that it's within the women's category. So my main concern with this bill is that it is fundamentally flawed. It injects a definition into the Sex Discrimination Act of biological gender 
which is inaccurate and misrepresents trans people. Now, one of the voices you heard, in fact, the first voice you heard, is the voice of our guest this week. Now, if you know about trans people in sports, then Caroline Late needs no introduction. But for those who do not know, and I'm pretty sure a number of people outside of Australia probably don't, this woman is a trailblazer. Before her gender transition, she played rugby at some of the highest levels in a nation where rugby is a passion. And after transition, she returned to the pitch. And despite dealing with misconceptions and transphobia, she starred in rugby, playing at some of the highest levels of the sport again, and was also a champion in track and field as well. She's also a journalist and a documentary filmmaker, and she's been a voice for sport and a voice for transgender rights in Australia. And she has some things to say about not only what's going on down there, but also how what's going on down there has been influenced by what's happening here in the United States. But enough of me, let's bring this pioneer and champion on. From New South Wales, Australia, Caroline Late, welcome to the Transporter Room, Energize. Thank you, Carly. Thanks for having me. So um, great to be here. It's great to have you here. And let's just get right in it. What went wrong in your view with the Insight program last week? Yeah, I just felt they edited out my key points. Uh, they also edited out my coach's comment, so which was very important to the discussion. They also edited out my spat with Jane Fleming, a former Australian Olympian and uh, a Commonwealth Games Taffon champion, and my spat with Holly Turf, Chief Turf Holly Wilford-Smith. So, yeah, so it was all edited out. And the other thing was Deborah Lovely, who I also played against in a women's rugby national final in 2007, um, who also competed against Laurel Hubbard at the Olympics, had no idea I was trans. I had no chance of mentioning that on there. And, you know, the fact, how did she feel that she didn't even know she was playing against a trans woman? Uh, when we beat them 17-0 in the national final, I was playing for Sydney and she was playing for Queensland. You had experts on the show. Uh, Joanna Harper was part of the show. Um, Ada Chang, who is an Australian specialist who deals with transgender people and transgender health care, was on the show. And in fact, she's taken some hate mail for it. Yes, she has. And um, Kirsty pulled out today because of that hate mail and, and it just really affected her. Um, so I think Kirsty probably needs no introduction too, but Kirsty Miller, she was going to be a guest today too. So Dr. Ada Chang has taken some um, horrible uh, hate from the bigots on this subject. And yeah, so it's just um, it's just escalated probably to another level now. She got a note from somebody on her on her piece in the Sydney Morning Herald a few days ago, where she broke down why these things are. Quote: You are a menace to my civilization. Your ideology will be stopped. Stop. You will be met with nothing but election losses, pushback, total resistance. U.S. swimmer Leah Thomas. Just a note, if you do, we will be, I will be putting this in the liner notes. And I will say right now that this part of, this part of it is being somewhat redacted because this person who wrote Dr. Chang 
dead dead named Leah Thomas. All the delusional perverts who come to you claiming to be women when you profit from drugging them into some sick, pathetic facsimile of what a woman is will always be men. Now I'm one now there's something I do I want to ask about this, because I know you're shaking your head, and I am too. How much of this is made in America, you think? Ah, oh, it's definitely transported from your far right people. Um, to ours, and I think it all isn't made in America. But it actually goes further because people historically have been, um, like you look at India and other nations that the Western world has taken over and invaded, they've brought their, their Western culture, which is homophobia and transphobia, to those, to those countries. So it not only comes to Australia, but the American infiltrates a lot of the third world countries and people are dying that are LGBT because these far right wing, can I call them bigots? Or yes, you can. No, no, we no, you can get real here. Cause I mean, come on. I put it on my, I put it on my Twitter, the liberals, they think yeah. you hate transgender Australians as much as they do. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. And, and so basically they, they've, they've transported it here. Um, Fortunately for us, we're not dying, well, not yet, um, and we're, but they are trying to exclude us from society and from women's sport. And that's right. It is a wider issue than women's sport. It goes right to women's health issues where trans women are, 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 are um, cut out and also trans women um, from health services. You know, you wouldn't be able to go to a uh, homeless shelter or something like that as a woman. You'd have to probably stay with men. I mean, how's that safe? you know, for us, but obviously they don't care about us, you know, just throw us in the rubbish bin. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, but this all does come from your country. So, and it's probably from the Bible Belt and the Deep South, I'd say. When you walk into the polling station on May 21st, what's the Caroline late agenda? What are the important things that, are, that will drive your vote? Well, um, I can't have... For me, the Liberal MP and Scott Morrison, I do not want that party in power, um, especially um, like there were five Liberal MPs that crossed the floor. He's even tried to get rid of them by handpicking his own candidates like Catherine Dees in Moringa, um, you know, who's a turf and created a lot of this through her Save Women's Sport category. So I feel that, you know, where... So, you know, if he takes stuff to the Senate, like legislation to the Senate after it's passed through the lower house, which probably Labor will pass, you know, they're the lesser of two evils. They're not, they're not a great party that supports us neither, but they're not quite as bad as the Liberal Party. So Liberal, for me, can't get in. Um, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that still don't see anything wrong with their rhetoric and what, what they're carrying on with. But um, I would probably vote for independence and I would probably find a socialist person to vote for who's more along the Nordic model where there's equity, equality and, you know, equality for all. And I think under the previous leader um, at the last election, Bill Shorten, he's, he's an excellent politician and he would have done a great job for this equity and equality. But there's so many Australians here that I don't want to say aren't smart enough but aren't informed enough to understand the bigger and broader issues here. So, but for me, I will definitely 
makes I will definitely want liberal out, and that's from my perspective and my point of view. As you're hearing some of this rhetoric, how much does it kind of draw you back to some of the things you went to? Well, remember, you were you were here back in November 2020, and yes. you talked at length about what it was like to get back on the pitch after, again, playing at some of the highest levels. And then working yourself back to that le- to that level in the women's game, and playing with distinction, but at the same time being held, for example, being held short of the pinnacle that you earned, and that's being Wallaroo, for example. Yes. Even though you had won a number of national championships, and you had been you had been a key member of a lot of winning teams. How much of this comes back to you when you're hearing what you're hearing from people like Deves and her ilk? Well, yeah, that's that's why I'm so passionate about this subject matter because I never reached my I only lived a silver lining. So my life has only ever been a silver lining. And now whatever I achieved as a pre-transition athlete um, and a post-transition athlete has only ever been a silver lining. And I say that because I could never reach my full potential. I didn't get the gold standard life that that other people get because um, I wasn't allowed to. So um, it was okay the first year. I, I won those awards. I won. I got nominated for the Sydney Morning Herald Award. Uh, I was being talked up that I, not only was was I going to be in the Australian team, but I was their saviour for the back line. You know, like and um, that's what the coaches were talking me up at. And they loved me. You know, I couldn't do anything wrong. I was. They were talking about me as like the Jonah Lomu. I don't know if you know who Jonah Lomu is, but he was a. Oh yeah. A brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, you're aware of a champion all black winger. You know. Oh they, yes. They used to call me that. You know, like um the female version of Jonah Lomu. And that means you just crushed everybody. And I've seen I've seen footage of you. And by the way, we're gonna we're gonna run some of that footage in the liner notes. You need to know how good Caroline Lee is. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that one, that that clip was actually playing rugby league, but because um, I remember you commenting on that one, um, <laughs> but you know, because I represented New South Wales in rugby league too. But once again, I fell short of the Jillaroos because of the same thing. You know, every time they found out I was trans, I had to go play rugby league because I thought, well, I can't make it in union now. The coaches have blocked me, the selectors have blocked me, um, all because my Sydney rep coach outed me and went around and telling everyone this is my representative coach. <laughs> And um, so then I went to league and then um, I was, I got, I won the, I was best and fairest runner up for the Sydney competition, represented New South Wales. Once again, won awards, this and that. And then they found out I was trans, couldn't make the Australian team again. So, you know, well, where do I go now? You know, I wish we had about American football here because I wouldn't have gone and played that, um, <laughs> you know, and would have been good at it too. But, um, but yeah, it, it was just, Whatever I tried to do, they just put the goalposts in in my way. So I, I got as high as I could, and um, and four national titles I won. I represented New South Wales in the women's state of origin, which you know it gets ten thousand people now watching it. Um, ten to fifteen thousand people a year watching it when it's on. Um, so yeah, I, I achieved a lot, but I could have achieved more if if um, people hadn't have found out I was trans. So which is a really sad state of affairs, um, mind you. A rules question. Because, for example, in in AFLW, 
there is the performance index, which is the rule for transgender athletes. It goes by an average, the two-year aggregate rule. Whereas you get you get me you get tested, you go through in the sense of scouting combine, you get tested, and if you're within the parameters of the of the aggregate of players over the last two years, you're allowed. You're welcomed in. That's the rule, supposedly. Could that rule work, for example, in rugby? Is that a template or does this rule have flaws to where we really, even AFLW needs to rethink it? Um, look, once again, it's not a, I think the problem with these rules is they're black and white. There's no shades of gray with them. So I think as I've always stated, and this is always my belief, is that um, there's there's different rules for different levels of trans athletes. So I don't think, I think it needs rethinking. And the reason why I say that is because uh, a non-op or pre-op transi transition woman uh, would probably have to be monitored because, and the reason I say that um, is because, you know, I, 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 I don't think there's any problems. I don't, I don't see someone... I don't see a trans woman doing it for nefarious reasons. But um, I think the naysayers, for them, if it's monitored, then, you know, because someone potentially could go off the hormones and still play, you know, and then, you know, over a period of time, you know, have more testosterone in their body if they're non-op or pre-op. So, um, and you know what I mean by non-op or pre-op, they mm -hmm. haven't had the surgery. So... Um, and for someone who's post-op, the further along we get after transition, you know, it's 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 an on it's a non-event. Basically, it's just pushback, and that's where it's come from, and that's why it's the storm is raging because they think we shouldn't have any rights. They think that we should go back into the closet. Um, they think that someone like me and you, um, that are kids now, should live the wrong puberty like you and I did when we were um, kids and, you know, teenagers and, um, and which we still bear the consequences of because I know I don't hundred um, percent. I hate using the term pass of cisgender, but I know I don't hundred percent get away with it all the time. And I know I do pretty well and you do too, but <laughs> you know, um, but you know, if we could have lived our whole lives from the start and had that choice to not go through the wrong puberty, then our lives would be better. And that's what I mean by also, we only have ever lived the silver lining because we never got the chance to transition as young and all that. So I think this is just all pushback because they don't want us, the dirty, rotten sinners, um, <laughs> to have, you know, equality as everyone else. And in saying that, 80% of the population couldn't give a rats about, you know what I mean by rats. You can go ahead and say it. Rats ass. No, I, no, I give a rats ass about all this. And, yeah, and that's the thing. But it goes back But it goes back into what is driving. I can talk at length about what's driving this here in the United States. But, but how much... Is that being mimicked by what you're seeing in Australia? Because you talked about it earlier that a lot of this, what exactly is coming from the United States into Australia 
that's influencing, for example, that's influencing liberal and influencing some members of the Labour Party as well. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Mark Latham was was Latham. Uh, Mark Latham, the he's a member. I think he's state member now. He went to the election as a Labour candidate for prime minister as prime minister, and he tried to propose a bill. Um, you know, banning banning um, any visibility for trans kids in um, primary schools. Now, it didn't get through, right? And I, I still don't think a lot of their stuff they're going to get through because there's a lot of um, decent people in this country who won't allow it to. But um, I think they're going to try. And, yes, your, as I said before, your bigots have transported it here. And they've even met with the Australian Christian, Christian lobby and people like that. And it's got to the point where these people, these people um, have met and there's been fierce resistance to them meeting and um, they've had to do it in secret because they know, they deep down they know it's wrong and they know it's a flawed ideology. And, like, my great-grandfather um, was Jewish. So, you know, um, so, like, um, if he had have been in... That in in Europe in the Second World War, he could have potentially gone to the gas chamber. You know, like so. It's pretty much the same ideology that they used against Jewish people. They used against African American people. You know, coloured people. You know, um, segregation, um, apartheid in South Africa. It's all that sort of stuff. So why, if that's all illegal now, why isn't this? You know, that's that's what I I can't understand. You know, um, and just, yeah, it's just transported from your country and they transport it everywhere. And people have to need them. People need to know this because I don't think they're aware of it. There's also something else that I think a lot of people weren't aware of if they were watching that Insight broadcast. But I want to make people aware of it. This is the biggest non-issue I have seen in politics. I am a professional athletics coach, and I used to coach a transgender woman called Caroline. At the elite level, the major codes have strict conditions which ensure the playing field is as level as it can be. Community sports, such as Masters Athletics, should be about people exercising, enjoying themselves, and staying healthy in mind and body. To success, they have their own categories in sport renders them freaks. They are not. They are women. I have been a professional coach for 30 years and have coached literally thousands of male and female athletes in that time. To my knowledge, Caroline is the only transgender athlete to come under my care. Surely that demonstrates how big a non-issue this is. We should be turning our attention to things that really matter, not pandering to a certain element in our society. The person who wrote that and wrote that to his MP for his area of Sydney was a man named Ron Bendall. Ron Bendall was your old coach. Yeah. What did it mean at the time when you were getting into athletics to have a coach like that who even 30 years later would go to the, would even years later rather, would go to bat for you in this way to his representative in Canberra? Oh, Oh, I'm just teary, um, you know, hearing that because, uh, look, with Ron, it's just beautiful because, and he's he's a he's a wonderful man. Um, 
he'll go into bat for anyone, and anyone could join his squad. He would treat everyone the same. Um, and, and mind you, he went to the same school I did, so St Joseph's College, Hunters Hill. It's a Catholic boarding school, and he was there. Um, obviously, he's about fourteen years older than me, but um, so there's a, a lot of similarities between Ron and my life, I suppose. But so he's one of those people that's just. A normal person, he's a journalist himself, but he's a normal person and a good person and a, and a decent person that thinks that everyone should have a fair go. And so to hear that was just beautiful. And, you know, and it's true. He's aware that I didn't have any advantage. He had two athletes in our squad that were beating me regularly. Jackie I'd never beaten. She did speak on Insight. The lady sitting behind me, Janet, who was also on the show, I beat her the first year or so we were competing against each other, but she knuckled down and she trained harder when I came on the scene. She knew I was trans, but um, she just trained harder and she ended up beating me, you know, and beating me quite regularly. So, you know, Ron was aware there was no major advantage there and um, you know, even as a thrower, you know, and I was quite a good thrower, I've, I've won medals at Worlds at throwing, and I've won about four national titles, but I don't always win. I'm usually on the podium at nationals, but I don't always win, and and, and I have competitors I compete against that beat me on a regular basis. So he's aware that, you know, it's just rubbish, you know, what this, this dribble that's being... Um, and if you look at my photo behind you, you know, that you've put in... Um, you know, you can see I'm no bigger than the other women, you know, and I was playing it. The, the lady tackling me after after that tackle, she picked me up and could have dumped me on my head. Now, she was a Pacific Islander lady, very um, Messina, but she just gently put me down because she was also a club mate. <laughs> you know, that's Sydney 1 versus Sydney 2 at Nationals in 2004, you know, and she just, you know, touched me and went, oh, you know, I didn't want to didn't want to drive you into the ground, Caroline. Oh, thanks, Messina. <laughs> so, you know, he's aware that all this is just a storm in a, a, a teacup and a non-issue. So um, it was just beautiful that he went into bat for me. So I've got a bit emotional there because I've just teared up because I just, I just can't, I, I just can't believe he's done that for me. I just thought it was so beautiful. But Ron always surprises me, and he used to make me laugh because I'd, I'd turn up to training and he'd sing "Sweet, Sweet Caroline" when I turn up. <laughs> it always made me feel really, really good. So yeah. <laughs> in the last few days, in fact, in the last day or two. Swimming Australia has really taken certain candidates to task and a certain campaign advocacy group to task for billboards that they're putting right now in Warringah constituency that show three great champions on the billboard saying women's sports is not for men. First off, thoughts on Swimming Australia's response to this because they're opening saying take it down or we take it to court. And secondly, what would you tell a Don Frazier? What would you tell an Elma, Elma McKeon? What would you tell an Emily Seabom? If you had a chance to sit down and talk to them, these are people that have been outspoken on the issue. What would you tell them? Okay, so it's interesting because I actually have met Dawn Fraser. I've had my photo taken with her at the last um, 
True Blues, New South Wales Women's Rugby League dinner as a former New South Wales player, because I attend every year as a Sky Blue women's player. Um, and so when I see Dawn at the next one, because she's a patron, she's always there, I will be asking her her thoughts and um, and why, you know, like, so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> definitely that'll be front and centre. You know, I've already had some interesting conversations with her um, about, um, because when I talked to her, I don't know if she was aware I was trans. We were actually talking about at that dinner how far, how far, when do we push for more women's rights because it's always about the boys getting up on stage. It's always the boys um, talking and the women are just there and the, the women's players are just in the background. The men's state of origin, men's state of origin, state of origin is huge here. It's like your Super Bowl, right? But we have it three times a year because it's a three-match three, three series. So it's like your Super Bowl. I love your Super Bowl, by the way, but it's like that. I love your NFL, but it's like that. And um, so it's absolutely huge here. Sta you know, big stadiums packed out. And so, you know, it's always the men that get up. Women's state of origin now is getting big. When, when I played, we didn't get that many people watching. Now you get about 15,000 and it's all in front of the media and this and that. You know, so it's we used to play the curtain raiser to the NRL games, you know, the first grade matches NRL here. But um, now it's, you know, a standalone and they get big crowds. They're going to a two-match series next year. Um, so it's becoming in line with the men's. And, yeah, so I will definitely be sitting down with Dawn and, and having a chat. But we did have that chat about when do the women get, and we will get to that, you know, that the women's will get to that. But I want to have a chat to her to, to um, ask her about her comments and, and why, you know. As for Emma McKeon, and um, Emily Seabom. Look, I think these people were probably asked and they were probably asked leading questions um, and with leading questions and same for Dawn, um, the journalists probably wanted a, a, a response in their direction. So, and who knows what else they said that maybe was pro us, I don't know. And that's what quite often happens. And, and you know, I've had that myself, I've been asked leading questions. And I know one journalist threw Kirsty under the bus and she was persona not grasha here for a while with the LGBTQ community, but they, he also didn't publish her, um, her total answer. It was more that, you know, what she said was more affirmative for what they wanted he put that in at the top he tried to do the same with me but because i'm a qualified journalist i was aware of what he's doing he, where i was aware of what he was doing so i just said no that's off the record no, that's you can't i'm not going to answer that you can't put that up there uh, you can't put something ask me that question and expect me to answer it in your favor because i don't believe that you know so yeah so um anyway i've got a bit off tangent but with dawn i'll definitely be discussing it with her so yeah. Now, just to note, because it's been a while since I've had the chance to talk to you, but since then, we've had we've had this big to do here in the United States with Leah Thomas. Mm. At the time it was occurring, what was the news cycle like down there? Because it seemed that Leah Thomas was worldwide news. Ever, I mean, I've had people from four different countries on this stage during that time and all of them said leah thomas was on their sports pages more than their national sports figures were um we, we did at first we didn't get 
a hell of a lot. Um, I knew it was big over there because I was, um, I remember Jackie mentioning it as in um, uh, Jackie Harper Grubb, the trans referee. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was mentioning it. And also um, I'd see your story, your um, articles and what you were doing and, and out sports. So I was aware it didn't sort of become an issue. Um, I think it really sort of hit when this election campaign started that we, we started learn more about Leah Thomas. Like I already knew because I, you know, follow some trans woman, sportswoman. But um, I think it, it sort of hit hit a little bit wider here. But we didn't get a hell of a lot at the start, you know. So um, when she was doing all the fabulous things she was doing, and I say fabulous because she's allowed to swim and she trained bloody hard. Did they train as hard as she did? And, you know, so um, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, uh, it was huge news in a lot of places, but it wasn't huge news here. It wasn't until they wanted it for, the, for their own agenda as in the election. And then it became a large, larger and wider news here. People are going to go to the polls about 30 days from now. What do you want? average everyday Australian who's going to go to their polling station to understand about their transgender neighbors and some of those neighbors who may want to thrash around playing some footy or play some rugby or be a part of athletics or swim or whatever sport. What do you want those people heading to that polling station to understand? away from the noise we're human you know we're just like everyone else we laugh we cry we have friends we have fights we block each other <laughs> like Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsty, we love you <laughs> Kirsty. um but you know we we're just normal people you know and and we have, you know, we take the garbage out. We go to the toilet like everyone else. We brush our teeth. We love our our families and our pets and our children, you know, and, and, and our parents. And um, that we're just like everyone else, you know. And the trans part of us is just so such a small part of us. And a lot of people, I'd like them to know, get to know our personalities first. And the transgender part of us is so such a smart part of us and judge us by our personal personalities, not the fact we're transgender. Look beyond that, you know, and just get to know us. And then you'll see um, some really um, beautiful human beings there. So that's what I think. And, you know, and feel if just maybe when people go to the polls, they have that thought there and, um, you know, and maybe you might vote a different way. So, now, I'm just wondering, before we go, because yep. you you put together some interesting documentaries, you put together some films. Any projects coming down? Uh, there's actually one of me, and I'm just in the process of making it. It's, it's, it's um, Caroline Mark 2 running against Caroline Mark 1, and Caroline Mark 1's running a 400, and Caroline Mark 2's running two back-to-back -back 200s because I couldn't run a 400 
Caroline Mark II, not a decent one. <laughs> I actually did run one at Gay Games and we got the silver medal in the 4 by 2 My time was 67 seconds. I ran it as a 50.8 when I was pre-transition. It was pretty quick. Um, and Caroline Mark One, meaning me pre-transition, would beat Caroline Mark Two, me post-transition, by about 100 metres. So just watch out, have a watch out for that one. That's, that's what's coming up at the moment. Um, yeah, but... Um, I haven't got a hell of a lot coming up at the moment. I might do, um, I might do go back and do is this um, Queensland in the twenties and make it a wider Australian thing because I've already edited a lot of that. Um, but yeah, so I've been, um, but I want to write a novel, and the novel I want to write is a multiverse one featuring trans people and and or one trans person in particular, and. And they're in about five different multiverses and one where Pope John Paul II didn't get killed for being progressive. Um, Martin Luther King didn't get killed. We didn't have Second World War. Uh, Bobby and Bobby and uh, JFK and Bobby Kennedy are still here, you know, and that's a really enlightened world. And kids, you know, have been transitioning since the 70s, you know, or 60s um, from a young age and, you know, and just how well that is. And then you've got another one where there's, fascism and all this and that and that's <laughs> the one and and you know it's the same timeline and somehow they all meet up and i'd love to do do a novel on that so that's that's probably going to be my next project i think so um but in saying that i'm going away to a bowls tournament for state carnival this week a lawn bowls because i play that these days that's my retirement sport <laughs> and all those ladies are wonderful they know i'm trans and they couldn't give two hoots they're happy to have me along so, um, and Windsor Bowling Club, shout out to you because you're lovely ladies and, and and the men are great there too. Everyone's wonderful. They know I'm trans. They couldn't give two hoots. To them, it's an non-issue as well. So, yeah. So, biggest shout out to them. Good luck on the novel. Good luck Thank this you. weekend. And of course, you know you all, the, you're a friend of the show. This is home for you. Oh, you always, love you always have a place here in the transporter room. So, Caroline's got a tournament this weekend, so we're going to beam her back down to New South Wales. And Caroline Lee, always great to have a pioneer on the show. Thank you for being a part of the Transporter Room. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week and every week on the Transporter Room. And if there's something you want to see or someone you want to see or something you want to say about what we're doing here at the Transporter Room, please leave a message on our Twitter. Please leave a message at our Facebook page and please, please leave a message at our Instagram page, Transporter Room 10 Forward. Remember, everything I do here at the Transporter Room, I do for all of you, the people who support us. That's the Transporter Room for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper and steady as she goes. I'll catch you all next week.